minus three is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. You get great odds and markets for the NBA Finals, the NHL Stanley Cup semifinals, and the finals right on their heels, Major League Baseball, and oh so much more. Great new and existing user promos. FanDuel's America's number one sportsbook for a reason. Nay, a multitude of reasons. It's easy to use. It's safe and secure. You get your winnings in as fast as two hours. And, of course, you get the same game parlay available on every day on the sports calendar, which is 365 days a year as it happens. And you can discover the most popular same-game parlays each day right when you log in. If you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Just do your pals here at Minus 3 a favor and sign up with the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number 3, so they know we sent you spaghetti. Let's light this candle. Minus 3. With Dave Damashek. Hi, and hello, sports fans. Welcome to Minus Three. Oh, it's an auspicious one. Hench's Celts are in the finals. Spaghetti's Rangers are in the semifinals. My Buckos are not in last place, which is uh, <laughs> which is banner news. Third place, all alone, by the way. Bad news for uh, black and gold fans. Stefan Tuitt announced his retirement today. Uh, speaking of Pittsburgh, shout out to both my parents laid up in Pittsburgh, PA. They got the 19. They got the they got the COVID, as does uh, my oldest child, uh, baby Oprah, all hanging in there. But uh, but best to them. How are you doing, Hench? You're sitting there in your perch up in uh, Hollywood, making TV shows, fancy stuff. And the you know, the cherry on top, it's a green one. Your Celtics, like we already mentioned in the NBA finals. Muzzle tough. Oh, thank you. I uh uh, sorry to hear about your family. I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't had it yet. No, my family hasn't had it yet. And that, mm. that seems to be putting us in a smaller and smaller minority. Like the Atlantic ran a piece. You're def- more than half the country's had it for sure. You're definitely in the minority. The question is how, how small is that minority? Um, of course I'm getting tested constantly on this production, but that ends, uh, and we go to England this summer I mean, I guess I'm ready. I'm just ready. How are your folks doing? They're hanging in. I mean, they're octogenarians. Mo is uh, is mostly past it, from what I gather. She's fatigued, but you can never tell. She is the most rugged. As as it goes in the Damashek clan, pretty much all the women are tough warriors. And if you needed any more evidence beyond me, all the fellas are kind of meek and pathetic and uh, self-pitying. So um, a nice pick-me-up for my old man who's been a Celtics fan since way back in the 60s when he was in med school. Um, he's been following Bill Russell and singing songs about that. So another bite at that apple, like we say, and Spaghetti's hanging in. But before we jump into everything, Spaghetti back from Hawaii, we want to hear about that. But very quickly, before we jump into all else, I had three weird things beyond hearing that um, family members on either side of, uh, of America have come down with the COVID three weird things stand out to me. One, um, we went on Memorial day, uh, those healthy went bowling in the Valley. And, uh, I was reminded once again, that for some mystical reason, um, French fries and bowling alleys are always delicious. I don't know why, but they always hit the spot. But so we're eating our French fries and getting ready to bowl a few more frames. And the guy walks up to the counter and says, excuse me, do you have any stew? Stew! Who orders stew in a bowling alley? Is that weird? Or two, is that weirder than this? Two, my 
uh, five-year-old girly told us over the weekend, and I doubted it, and I berated her, but then it turned out she was right. Do you know cats don't meow except at human beings? That's one of the weirdest facts I've ever, and I looked it up at Purina.com, and it turns out it's right. It, it, the cats relate to each other by smell, but they developed a meow so that they could communicate with humans, which is weird because if they could meow, why don't they ha- why don't they just talk English? Then we would really <laughs> be able to have a conversation. And three, and lastly, is Ricky Williams, you know, the, uh, the we've had him on extra points and all of that um, guy famous for, you know, Mike Ditka trading an entire draft to get him and the Heisman guy and then burn tree while he was a pro athlete and all that. But now he's changed his name from Ricky Williams to honor his wife. Her last name is Moran. And now he's Eric Moran. OK, which is the three weirdest of those things? Hench, you go. Hot, hot summer stew. <laughs> why why would you get stew at the bowling alley? Who would want that? It was a, it was roasty toasty in the valley. Some, oh, it's a nice hot summer day. Who's got stew? That, <laughs> what, what kind of weirdo narcissist is like, you know, it hit the spot is stew. And I'm going to ask behind the counter because I want. Oh yeah, stew. we just made a whole pot. We just made a whole pot of stew. <laughs> Here it here it pins. <laughs> Trying to bend the world to your wants oh. is is just really weird. Have and you spaghetti- had the Star Lanes stew? The Star Lanes stew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. Did you have a, a positive experience? Pot pie. If you had the stew at the bowling alley, <laughs> that's such a weirdo. Be- it's a move my old man would make though. At the bowling alley. In the same way that like there are citizen arrests, there should be citizen commitments. You should you should be allowed to commit that guy to a mental institution. I did go up. I did commiserate with the guy behind the counter. And I'm like, what the hell was that? And he said, man, you you can't believe some of the requests. And I said, this has to be near the top of the list, though, right? A stew? Why would he? Why why would you eat? Why would it cross your mind? But my old man does stuff like that, too. We go to a deli. And, you know, it has the, like one of those four pages worth of uh, sure. of options. But, of course, the choice is pastrami or brisket or some smoked fish or something like that. My old man's always like, wonder if the burritos are good. Hey, it's a kosher deli, old man. I'm guessing no. Why would you get that at, at this place? This oh, is the the, oh, they got a little right down here. They got a little spicy yellowtail. <laughs> I, I bet that's good. Who goes to Dodger Stadium and orders the sushi? That's another question. People make jokes about it, but again, it's available, so somebody's buying it, and it's a very weird move, in my opinion. All right, and oh, well, actually, one more question for you: What would be your name? You get to choose your first name, Hench. What would be so if you went by your spouse's surname? What would your new name be to honor Ricky Williams' new new way in the world here? Well, um. So my wife's last name is Jurgensen. I have to take that albatross. Okay, yeah, you do. Maybe Hench is a pretty only cool one. Worse name than Hench. Hench is uh, rough, you know, but it's short. Jurgensen, not euphonic, but long, hard to spell. Uh, <laughs> but my brother-in-law is uh, is John Jurgensen, and he goes by JJ. Okay, that's kind of cool. JJ Jurgensen. 158 yards on 23 carries for J.J. Jurgensen. (laughs) 
pretty good. I like, uh, I, I was struck by watching, the, it never hit me, two and two, watching that glorious game one in the Campbell Conference, the Oilers, of course, and, and the Avs. Uh, it never hit me. I remember Darcy Tucker from way back when and Darcy Kemper now, the uh, uh, central figure in the series, going forward in, in game one, too. But Darcy, weird name for a guy. Darcy. Darcy Jurgensen maybe could be you. I would be wait, my wait, wait, uh, hold on, hold on. They started the Western Conference Finals because all I got on my TV was that all-star skills competition. That that eight six. It's funny, you know, we've been talking about Truba and he took out another. He, he's really God, he's adding a lot of notches to his He's belt. got bad luck, man. But, just but, get, just but, just concede. He's he's I wrong play, say, wrong time. I, I, I will say uh, on Spaghetti's behalf and, and Truba's behalf. Um, that that is more what playoff hockey is supposed to be. I mean, I, I, I like goals as much as the next guy, but 8-6 ain't cutting it in in June. <laughs> did you I, be well, one? I, I, I mean, listen, I, it did get to a point where I was like everybody else. The first 20, I, I declared glorious. By the halfway point of the game, when it was tracking to be like a 12-8 final, it got a little absurd. It got, it, as you say, you know, it felt all-star gamey and a little bit silly. And, and I completely hear you. And by the way, where Troop is concerned, um, that wasn't a dirty hit. But like we talk about, you know, you get a stink on you one way or the other, then people look at it extra hard. Um, but um, yeah, I thought that was, uh, I, I thought uh, for the most part, I did think there was a, a very weird kind of like, do we have any dignity left here? We're just rooting for offense at, at, at every turn here in these NHL playoffs. This is getting a little gross. But they did settle down just enough, and I thought it was satisfying. And the rally by Edmonton in, in the third period was pretty grand. And if Cody Cece doesn't hit the back of the calf of Connor McDavid, who knows? Maybe we get a 7-7 overtime, and that would have been dynamite stuff there. Um Spaghetti, you took that. Uh, you took that. Were you able to watch uh, Game One? I'm assuming. And by the way, more importantly, how, tell us your experience in Hawaii trying to watch the blue shirts. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, the the greatness of sports for the fans, as much as people want to take away and and diminish it, our role is you know we're the constant, and our memories of where we were in those moments, and like I always reflect on. Today, as we record, the 30th anniversary of me running up the stairs, eight flights in Chicago Stadium to find a spot in between center red and the blue line of game four to watch 66 Lemieux hoist the cup up over his head against the Chicago Blackhawks. I remember that experience for me personally, shaking hands as Lemieux shook hands with Dirk Graham down on the ice. I was up high shaking hands with sad but proud Hawks fans say, hey, Hope to see you next year. As it turned out, neither one of us made the finals again. But what was your bizarre experience, I assume, sitting on a beach trying to watch important hockey games with uh, with your Rangers? It was very brutal because – so, like, the island of Kauai, uh, the oldest island of the Hawaiian Islands, is not like uh, Maui. It's not like you know, Oahu with a Honolulu. There's not – big beaches with beach bars and and tons of internet connection, Wi-Fi, phone lines. Like you rarely have service and mm. you're lucky you even get Wi-Fi and spots. And of course we picked uh, that day to go to a place called Secret Beach, which is like 
not a beach you could easily find. So I knew going in, it's going to be so spotty. And um, I, it got to a point. So the game was starting at two o'clock uh, Hawaiian time. So I had hours to kind of, you know, swim around, do the whole thing, hiking around the, the area. And it was a great day, be- beautiful outside. And luckily, so Jada's dad is, is a uh, Rangers fan as well. So he was also going to, you know, keep track. And I guess I just. Oh, lost- you good thing you had an ally on yeah. your side. Cause if, if Jada's old man, wasn't a puck fan, then you would really have a stink on you. Like Jada, what kind of guy is this? What kind oh. of man have you chosen? Also, the weird thing too, it was his birthday, so it's like no matter what, I had to be in a good mood if they lost. So I was like, I woke up and I was like, this is going to be a hell of a day. So um, we we ended up talking to some people on the beach. I lost track of time. I was swimming, and her, her dad somehow got service, and he just goes. He goes, it's two nothing, but I'm not telling you who. And I was like, uh, uh, uh. and I'm like running towards like my phone wasn't working. And he goes, all right. And he flips the phone to the ESPN app. And and by then, you know, I found out it was the Rangers. And then I just was running up and down and got some service. Saw the end of the first period. So a large portion of the second period. And by then the game was pretty much in hand. So I was like more relaxed. Um, and my texts were coming in. My friends are going crazy at home. So that was uh, a very joyous day. It was awesome. I did not expect that, to be honest. Well, I've got a couple questions and then and then a funny coincidental story. One, um, were you camping on the beach or did you guys have a hotel room? No, we had we had a hotel room, um, but the no island TV? basically no TV. They had TV. I watched other games in the in the hotel that day though. It was but like not we, game we, seven of your team? Hmm. Okay, interesting. Uh maybe maybe Stone Gossard was playing his acoustic guitar on the beach. Uh so coincidentally. I was in I was on Kauai uh, for Game Seven of the Bruins Blues series, June twelfth, no two thousand nineteen. I was on Kauai, and I let everybody know in the family they could do whatever the heck they wanted, but the dad would not be included for these several hours. Marshawn, which is a, an, uh, you know, it's one of those things we just peppered Bennington for the whole first period. And then the Blues get one on their second shot on goal. And then Marshawn just makes an, an inexplicable play at the end of the period. And they're up to zip, kind of like the Rangers were up to zip. And and you're like, you know it's over. You're like, we're going we're gonna to lose the Stanley Cup uh, in game seven. And, and I will wish, I, whatever my family had been doing, I wish I'd been standing under that waterfall instead of this. This is the worst thing I could have done. This was the least fun on planet Earth, and I chose this. Told my family to screw, uh, and I had a little a little taste of that. <laughs> Friday, Game Six, Celtics Heat. Celtics are going to finish it off. Eight and a half point favorites in Boston, and and my little eight year old Gigi, my boss actually lets me go home from set, and he's like, "You can watch your game," and I'm like, "That's a cool boss." And then, um, but I tell Gigi, who's so excited when she sees me because she's been in bed most nights when I get home from work. I'm like, oh, no, no. I'm only allowed to be home from work if I watch the game. I can't play with you. That's not what I got permission to go home and do. So I spend those three hours telling her to get lost while the Celtics are gacking away game six. I'm like, (laughs) I'm a terrible father. This team sucks. I will never go through this again. Um, and it really is like game seven is, it, it is probably healthier to be on a beach with loved ones. But so then game seven Celtics heat, I'm like, I cannot go through what I went through again. I, 
I have to put these four outcomes into four boxes. One is I watch and they win, glorious. One is I don't watch, I ride bikes with my family, I take my family out to dinner, and they win, still pretty good. Like, if they win, I mean, like, you know, the DVR has changed everything. Like, uh, uh, you know, they won, that's what matters. Now, in the other two boxes, there's, they lose while I'm out to dinner with my family, and then I feel like a genius. So now, so far, we got, so, so then, and then the, the, the fourth box is I watch, go to hell family and they lose, which is what I just did on Friday night. I'm like, I'm not doing that again. So we, we ride bikes. We got to dinner where Beretta most likely uh, had his wife off and um, delicious dinner. And, um, and, and but I'm, I'm checking my phone. I'm, it's I'm, good I'm, there, I'm, by the way. Oh, Vitello's. It's a, that place isn't guilty by association. In fact, it should be hailed for surviving that that bizarre event. That's how good the food is. Right, exactly. Mezzaluna couldn't survive. Mezzaluna's no, gone. Mm-hmm. That is that's mm-hmm. a great they should have that up on the wall. Yeah. We survived. Yeah. So she didn't survive, but we did. <laughs> we did. So uh so I'm checking the text threads, Celtics, and I'm checking the score. Celtics are up, you know, 15 after one. They push it to 17. Then they, they cut it to six. And then it's back up to 14. I'm like, oh, this is dreamy. Dream. I'm being a great dad. Uh, Celtics are going to cruise. Great. Uh, we walk home in the leafy, you know, streets of Colfax Meadows. And then the kids kind of go to their separate corners. And it's like, all right, I guess now I can. I've been a good dad. There's 10 minutes and 46 seconds left in the fourth quarter. I can just enjoy enjoy my team's, uh, you know, game seven victory. They stretch that lead to 13 points with three minutes left. And I'm like, I did, this is perfect. This is perfect. I, I, I've, I've been a great dad and my team is going to go to the NBA finals. And then they they do the, 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 the basketball version of the football prevent. Let's prevent victory. Let's start just just start dribbling and making no effort to score until there's three seconds left on the shot clock. Then we'll get it to Marcus Smart, uh, our worst perimeter shooter. He'll go 0 for 5 in the final two minutes and 50 seconds. We'll sprinkle in two turnovers uh, in there for, for seven empty possessions. Then we'll give up a bunch of layups, too, because a collapse has to be both ends of the court. We just have to start letting fat Kyle Lowry dribble to the basket, lay the ball in. And so then with 11 seconds left, I'm watching Jimmy Butler's ball in the air going like, oh, oh, oh my God. I, what, you know, we even went out for gelato after. Like I couldn't have really stalled any longer. I, I was like, eventually I'm going to have to tune in on this game. Kyle then, Lowry you know, went out for some gelato too. Gelato, a couple yeah. times, few times. Uh, but, so, so Butler's ball comes off the rim. Jalen tips the rebound to Horford. Horford gets it to Marcus. Marcus does make both free throws despite missing everything down the stretch. And I barely feel good. I barely, I have, I'm so wrung out by those two minutes and 50 seconds and, and being reduced to praying a shot doesn't go in. Like, how did I get, how did I end up here? Like this game was over. Any of those possessions result in a bucket and the game's over anyway. So like, I was just like, I was like, damn it sports got me again. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I couldn't, it's funny. Cause I had a friend who refused to watch. I don't get was, those people. I know people like, 
It just, I, I'm just a ball of nerves. I just, I, I've talked well, to people who his, like all his pinzers, explanation. He was my, like, I can't uh, enjoy it. I'm too nervous. Of mine said like his, his dad, like at the Super Bowls in the seventies, he would be like too stressful. Got to get in the car. I'll find out after the fact it's too stressful. Like, <laughs> the hell are you a sports fan for then what's the way even bother period if you, get, if you know the end of the thing like i, I can't see how this movie ends i uh, let so, me know so the buddy who refuses to watch because it makes him too nervous he's on the text thread and of course the whole I'm too nervous the whole text thread that he watches live of course but um the text thread is all negative it's all like it's all like, what the fuck are we doing? Oh, my God. We're gacking this. We're going to choke away a 13-point lead with two minutes and 50 seconds left. You know, And then very little like high-fiving in the thread because we're just all drained, voiding our bowels on the couch like we're fucking – or a mess. And then the, the guy who didn't watch goes, I just checked the score. We won. Like he's looking at the thread and go, well, we obviously we had to, we must have lost this game. It does <laughs> suck when you can't really fully enjoy it because of the angst that the team just caused you. I remember that in the 95 AFC title game when the Steelers almost lost to the Colts on that Jim Harbaugh Hail right. Mary where it landed on Aaron Bear, belly, ba- Bailey's belly. It's like, was it Dick Embers? Like, he got, oh, no, it's, it's incomplete. Like, ah, screw. This is supposed to be a great moment, and now it's, it's ruined because they should have really, that guy should have caught the ball, and we're lucky that we moved on. And, and now what pleasure can I take in that? Answer, very, very little. Um, well, I got so low. I got so, so sad on Friday night that I was like, I was like, I I wish Chris Middleton hadn't gotten hurt. Like, the only reason we're playing in the series is because Chris Middleton got hurt. <laughs> I wish Chris Middleton hadn't gotten hurt. Then I would just be watching the – I'd be rooting for Giannis. This would be great. Well, here's where non-Celt- where gamblers um, could commiserate with Celtics fans. I think it sucks. I don't, does this matter or not? Brian Windhorst. You know, I, you know, I poke holes in the breaking news biz. I think these guys get a ton of credit for just knowing something that's about to be made known to the world a couple of seconds before. And this this fight between Schefter and whoever else, like, uh, and Woj, I was first. Like, who gives a shit to, to, the, to the consumer? Like, four seconds later, somebody else would have had it and whatever. And this speculative part of their job, which is supposed to be dependent, you know, they're, you know, uh, educated guests. Their hypotheses should hit with a decent percentage of accuracy, in my opinion. So I'm watching Brian Windhorst on, pardon the interruption, I'm on the treadmill uh, uh, going. And uh, so three hours before game six, and he and he's reporting. He's an insider, right? He has, he has the inside scoop. And, you know, with mass gambling now, a lot of people are paying attention to what the insiders say. He's like, yeah, they're working on Jimmy Butler, but doesn't look like it's going to work out for him and Hero is a no-go and they've done everything they can, but it's just not going to happen. Then Jimmy Butler goes for 45 or 47 or whatever. Like, what the hell? The standard's been raised, bub. You can't be out there shooting your mouth off if you don't know what you're talking about because Jimmy Butler playing and playing like that versus no showing the game, period, might impact the final result and how you wager on it, right? Well, when, yeah, I thought that well, was really crazy. Is, uh, I, I don't think enough is made about that. Check his FanDuel account because maybe he's trying to drive that money line up for when he when he 
pounds the heat money line. I thought that was crazy. But okay, so there was that. But then the game six, let's jump to that. So you're out to dinner or or having seven. a nice gelato. Game seven. Game, game seven, seven, I'm sorry. You're having a you're you're having a, a nice meal. I hope you got you know what they do well there, Vitellos? They make a nice meatball. Anyhow, we we can have that conversation at a later date. Um like that whole little street though, very charming. Um is uh you missed the third period, which included uh Struce got I mean makes a three, then they keep playing for two more minutes. He'd have a couple few more possessions in that span, and the Celtics are, I think, at the line, or it's a dead ball uh, on the Celtics offensive end of the floor. And just kind of in passing, like, oh, the, the officials are saying that three didn't count because uh, he stepped out of bounds. Like, so they're going to take those three off the point. And it was such a gut punch for somebody who had legitimately, I, I mean, bet on NBA playoffs in, in that round, you're, you're crazy. I'll just bet on flipping a coin because there's no way to divine who's going to win these games. So I had no rooting interest. I, you know, happy for my old man, happy for Celtics fans, whatever. But, um, you know, uh, the gut punch of like, it felt massive. You know that the single digit thing is the magic number when you're trying to rally from from way down. So they're sitting there, I think at eight or nine. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, they're down a dozen now. Oh, that's bad. What that must do to the heat. And by the way, the possessions that exist in between the three being made and them them taking it off the board. How who's to say that 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 didn't impact what Spolstra well, and whoever else decided to run there? Maybe not, but it's crazy I've to gone do that. Back, I've gone back and watched the whole game, of course. Now, right. um, and and I mean, I have a lot of thoughts uh, on the on the overrule. Jaylen you're a Brown man of justice, right? I know you, you 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 shoot straight, so you'll be honest yeah, about and, what. And Jalen Brown's at the foul line, and you actually can hear it on the telecast. Hmm. I was I was aware it was coming because I'd already read about it, and you can hear the PA guy go, uh, "Yeah, um, we're wiping that three pointer off the board." Like what? The players are like, "What?" Uh, and then then the announcers kind of start explaining it, uh, and then. They get to they they track down the replay like they're like not ready to to adjudicate this. They're like, what is happening? They go back. They get the replay. We've all seen the stills. We've all seen the pictures. Like pretty inconclusive. Uh, obviously, maybe Sean Elliott with with the feed. You know the the heel not on. You know we we see a lot of you see touchdown catches where it's like ooh heel raised. Uh, not not on the end line. Um, but beyond the microscopic analysis of that moment is is headquarters just combing through the whole game. Is this, I mean, at the end of the game, do you go, uh, God, we missed a few three, three second violations. Uh, well, that's exactly, that is exactly right. If they're doing that, if they're ghost officials doing this throughout the game, then they should be ashamed because they're they they because they missed at least twenty other small yeah. kind of on the like that looks close. Be. Just think how fun it would be. You get to the very end of the game, each team has its point total, and then <laughs> right. headquarters alerts you. Uh, we missed seventeen travels, seventeen travels, and uh, nine three second calls, an illegal defense. Like like yes. The crisis in the sport, as as I see it, and and I, I think we agree, the NBA has some issues that with you know watching these playoffs. Uh, 
But the biggest crisis is if the teams are even, the series is almost definitely going to be decided by the officials. Like it's just it's just like you know hmm. that that they're going to be they're going to be fifty calls that could go either way, and if thirty two of them go one way and eighteen of them go the other way, and it's funny. You know, I, I, I lean a little more towards spaghetti uh, uh, in the overall Truba conversation. Um, I'm not as, you know, Rashomon by, by Sid the Kid as you are. But I, I don't know after 15 fucking years how these officials are still falling for Kyle Lowry's act. How, how are you still falling for this guy's act? OK, he pins your arm. So when you're bigger than him, if you both go up together, you're just going to get the rebound. Nothing's going to happen. So he's going to pin your arm. Then when you both jump, he's going to pretend that you struck him, that you punched him. He's going to heave his body away from the, he's going to throw his arms out. If you drive to the basket, he's going to snap his head back like the fucking Zapruder film to say, I got elbowed on the chin. And then all three announcers are going to go, whoa, he took one right. Oh, no. It was nothing. It was nothing because he's a cheater. He's, he, you know, Neymar dives every time in soccer. Uh, and you know what's happened? The officials have gone, yeah, buddy, you're going to have to have your femur broken before we're going to call anything because you fake every time that you've been fouled. With Kyle Lowry, fat Neymar, fat Neymar is just diving and flopping and clutching and holding. And by the way, like Patrick Beverly, committing fouls constantly. He's just in a constant state of fouling the other guy. Any graze, any physical retaliation, and Kyle Lowry is sprawled out in a chalk outline like he's been sniped from the rafters. And Scott Foster and Zach Zorba are like, well, I guess the guy got fouled. It's like, of course he didn't get fouled. I I agree with you because... Because you must vacate your own common sense as an official. Kyle Lowry is very much like the, uh, did you ever see Monsters versus Aliens with with your girls? The, the one monster is just this mound of gelatin. And when things get to him, like they, he just absorbs them. That's what would happen. If, if Kyle Lowry, if you run into him at full speed, he just would absorb you. He wouldn't fall over, tip over like right. that. It's it, ridiculous. It a, it I, I agree with you, but I will say, from the heat side uh, side of things, you go back and you pour over and you really want to pick it apart and, and get into the minutiae of it. Jalen Brown does walk a fair amount. I mean, people point that out quite a bit, but yeah, what are you going to call it? Eurostep every time? Well, I also- here's the thing. Here's the thing. He does travel, but 90% of the time he travels, he subsequently gets the ball stolen from him. So it works out because I've decided – Jalen Brown's affliction is he has two off hands. Both his hands are his opposite hand. When he dribbles with either hand, it's as if it's the first time. I don't understand. Jalen Brown in his career, and I love Jalen Brown. This guy, he's so smart. He's so thoughtful. He's such a great human being. But good he's got guy. Kanye West as his new agent. But I don't good know if he's that smart. Um, okay. But, uh, but he, I mean, it sounds like I'm exaggerating. He is perilously close to Kevin McHale's assist-to-turnover ratio. Kevin McHale, the black hole. Jalen Brown has 151 assists and 146 turnovers in his playoff career. He's a wingman. Like, how is this possible? Here's how it's possible. 
he dribbles like that paddle game with the rubber ball on it. Like it's immediately out of control as soon as he starts dribbling. So uh, yes, he he does travel, but that's okay because he also turns it over six times a game when they don't call it. What my my original point though about the Struce call, you know, if you did the uh, stop motion animation, the, the motion capture uh, animation on the Jalen Tatum, I mean Jason Tatum offensive foul at the end of game six versus the Jimmy Butler, precisely the exact same motion into Horford's chest. Just one's it, one's an offensive foul, one's not. You could go through the whole series, and I genuinely believe if you broke down every call that the Celtics got the short end of the block charge, the hardest call, the call they always get wrong. That said, you just took three points off the board arbitrarily in the middle of the third quarter. Like, I don't, I still haven't really seen an explanation. It's like, should we now watch basketball knowing, like, you know how they do it in golf, right? The viewer calls in, the viewer goes, um, <laughs> he improved his lie. American hey, uh, Idol DJ, style. That's how we should start doing it. We should just have little he, things uh, like love connection. DJ, we'll all vote from our seats. DJ's club touched the sand. I gotcha. It's fucking golf. Like, so now can we go back to our DVR and say like, hey, I've got footage of Bam Abadayo being in the lane for 11 seconds. By can the I way, by the way, you also you also touch on whether or not Struess's foot touched the line. You touch on something. That was the call? That, yeah, I mean – I guess Heat fans, if they are people of justice, if Struce's foot is like, oh yeah, well his foot was obviously on the line. What are you going to say? That's the one they go back for. That I, I still haven't seen a conclusive screen grab or otherwise of it. Celtics fans have hit me up with, no, no, you got to see it from this angle. Then you'll see. Then you'll understand. What it was like? Nope, don't see. I still don't see his foot on the line definitively. That would require you go back and fix it because the referees just believe in justice, and that wasn't a good. And by the way, you know, also it's prior to the shot, so it feels like a random kind of spot to make that call. In like again, is is his toe on the line as he releases? This is before he catches the ball. I, it, very strange to me all the way around that this is where the NBA puts its figurative foot down on something well, with this is that this makes is, it debate. I mean, look, we we all have seen that moment. Guy guy doesn't beat the shot clock. They count it, but you know they're going to wave that off at the next dead ball. We've all seen that. But is this the NBA's way of alerting us to this can happen at any moment? They can go, you know, in the finals they can say. Jordan Poole was out of bounds at, at any point. Is there any, you know, uh, does, does it have to be within one stoppage, the same quarter, you know, three hours after the game, like a horse failing a drug test? Could you learn your team lost? Uh, so I, I'm with you. I, I thought that was that was bananas. It was nonsense. Obviously, I already knew the result when I went back and saw it. So I was confused um, and then even more confused following you on Twitter with all the pictures of people going, see, and I'm like, wait a minute, which side are you on? <laughs> That's the best. Believe yeah, me. I lived it with Rangers fans for two weeks. They're like, I don't know what you're, what, what proof you're sending me. I don't see the proof that you're trying to set. But I, I also thought it's a side note. We don't need to belabor uh, the last series. Let's look ahead to the other one. But um, I also think in, in a more nuanced way, the three ball from uh, Horford, I guess it was, that is an air ball. 
the the three point buzzer goes off. Then as just as the ball gets to the Celtic, I can't remember who laid it back in that that made the bad. Was it who was that? Anyway, shoots the three ball. The the refs blow the whistle. They're like, ah, he's releasing the ball as the refs blow their whistle. And that's a live ball, as you know. They all, you know, the three-point shot. But the nuance of that the Heat let up in that moment on the air ball. So it's a dead ball to them because the you can make a case the whistle blew that that stood to. But I guess it all doesn't matter. Whatever. Let's not pick it apart. And like I say to everybody, Celtics fans should not be engaging with anyone else. Should be like, nope. Sucks to be you. We won. We're on to it. I will say the weird 2020 hindsight of Stan Van uh, Sniffly and everybody else, a whole fourth quarter, like Jimmy Butler, boy, this is unbelievable that the Heat only have one guy who can score in, in the in game seven. Sucks to be them. And then belly aches about him shooting the three insane. in that totally spot. Insane. What, what the hell do you want him to do? I mean, it's like, should should Superman in that spot, like at the end of the movie against General Zod, be like, Jimmy Olsen, why don't you do something about this? Like, what what do you want him to do? He's the he's their chance to win. And, it, and I don't even care about, well, he knew he was gassed and he had to do it and he didn't have five more minutes. Forget that part of it. He's the score. He's trying to win the game as they're making an improbable run in the final minute of game seven. It's a it hero is, shot that you is, should it take. Is, it is the definition of bad analysis. Like we've listened to you for years talk about basketball. And in this moment, you are demonstrating that you know nothing about basketball. Okay. Should he kick it to one of the guys who, who's gone 12 for 43 every game? Which, which one of the, which one of the others do you want taking this shot? Like, obviously he's the only guy who has who should shoot? He should not kick the ball at any point. He's four of seven on open three pointers. The three pointer is the kill shot. Horford is dropping off. So if you drive on Horford, you're driving on an excellent defender who's in good position, who's squared up to you and is longer than you. And now whatever shot you get going at Horford is only going to tie the game. I promise you the mathematics favor Jimmy Butler's decision, which really should be the end of the conversation. Well, by the way, like I say, let's say he's so lucid. Let's say he's so lucid that it's like, you know, I could, I I could try to take him to the goal here and lay it in and get overtime. Let's say that that he does have that thinking. It's still a good shot. You taking the heat for five more minutes based on exactly what Van Sniffley said. He's the only scorer on the floor. The, the rally was ridiculous. It made no sense. I do also didn't make sense. I, I'm sure the thing that got you peed up, PO'd was Marcus Smart has all the – that's the guy? Jason Tatum, by the way, all this has obscured the greatness of his performance in the fourth quarter. He hit two really tough buckets when they were kind of reeling and you felt like, here comes Miami, and Tatum – Rose up. He is the man and he did it. But in those final two minutes, what the hell was Marcus Smart, right? Well, it's it's funny because, you know, Skip Bayless, another guy who doesn't know anything about sports that gets paid millions of dollars a year to talk about sports. So Skip Bayless has loved to, you know, complain about LeBron when when they blitz you and they double you, you have to pass the ball to the open man. Like it's a bad basketball play to go. Oh, well, 
even though I'm bracketed and doubled, I'm going to try and dribble through these two NBA level defenders because Skip Bayless says I should shoot no matter what, no matter who's open, I should shoot. So every time LeBron makes the right play and passes to the open man, Skip Bayless is there if he misses to go, oh, choker. He choked, he passed. Jason Tatum made every right play. They said, we do not want you to shoot. You just made those two monster buckets you just referred to. We do not want you to make another one of those. If you make one more of those, this game is over. We're going to blitz you. We're going to bracket you. Guess who we're not going to guard? Guess who we hope takes the next five shots? You know, Spolster is a good coach. Marcus Smart, by taking the last five shots, ends up taking the most shots for the Celtics in game six, End game seven. Your point guard takes the most shots and goes 12 for 37. They lost game six because he went four for 15. He's not exactly Stefan Marbury either, right? They almost lost game seven because he went 0 for 5 in the final two minutes and 50 seconds. But Marcus Smart is not getting the ball with 17 seconds on the shot clock and going clear out. Clear out. It's Marcus time. He's just standing there in a flat 1-4 and the Heat are like, we're not going to guard you. And if you're Jason Tatum, you have to pass the ball to the open man. And, and unfortunately, uh, he, he bricked them all um, and, and they survived. But, yeah, I, you know, it's funny that the Bucks have that philosophy, too. You know, I mean, I guess everybody does. Here's the guy we want to shoot. And the question is, how, how skillfully can you uh, arrange your defense that you get the exact result you want? And, you know, it was hard to watch because it was like, OK, they got their, They got the result they wanted again and again and again and again. And, you, and you know, you kept thinking, like, he might bank one of these in, right? I mean, one of these might go in. Like, come on. Uh, but, no, we needed to survive the Jimmy Butler three. And I, th- I did agree that it was completely shameful to, to even bring up the conversation. It was a great shot. It was a great look. He'd carried him. He made the same shot in the second quarter that, that was part of a huge rally. Um, and as, as the team that didn't, you know, that one obviously wanted the defensive team to win, I, I would have been, if someone had said, you can, you can st- freeze it at midcourt, would you rather he drove on Horford hmm, or right. got a wide open three? I would have said, I'll take the drive every time. The classic, the, the classic question, do what the other team doesn't want you to do. Right. That, yeah. that should uh, all fil- so philosophically. Horford, that. Horford fouls him, he gets two free throws or he makes a 15 footer at the elbow. You've got, you call timeout. You've got 11 seconds to win the game in regulation. And then you've got a coin flip in overtime, you know? So yeah, that was, that was very bad analysis by a, a, an under the weather. By the way, did anyone say, uh, this guy sounds so sick, and the guy he was just working with has COVID. <laughs> you would think that might come up uh, in the you, pre-production meeting, right? How could you not have COVID if a guy's been yelling next to you for three hours? Unrelated, unrelated, but at least he, he dropped some pearls for us. Talking basketball and hockey, no football, believe it or not. And now I'm going to talk about baseball. This baseball season, you swing for the fences on FanDuel right now. New customers get $200 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. All you have to do is sign up with the promo code MINUS3, the word MINUS, the number three, 
to get in on the action. FanDuel lets you bet on the money line, home run props, strikeout totals, and so much more. Plus, you can combine your bets for an even bigger payday with a same-game parlay. little advice. Buckos, like I mentioned, Buckos, red hot. If you're listening to me in front of the uh, the uh, the series completer, there, go ahead, bet the Buckos to do some uh, to make some more hay in uh, Chavez Ravine. If you haven't tried Fanduel, now's the perfect time to give it a shot. Just join with the promo code minus three and turn a five dollar bet into two hundred dollars in free bets, win or lose, exclusively on the Fanduel Sportsbook app. Sorry to interrupt, but let's squeeze in a quick break. All right, that leads us to this. Now, Golden State obviously advances. You know, um, feels like going into that game seven, the world decided, well, Golden State's going to roll whoever wins this one. Now I'm starting to hear and read more and more people riding with the Souths. I'll just say this because your pick is more important um, here as you are emotionally invested. I got the Celts. I got the Celts in this one. How say you, Hench? Game one, and Spaghetti will get your pick too, but just to lay it down for you, um, game one, Dubs, uh, yeah, still laying four. Their total is uh, 212 and a half. Um, you can get the Celts on the money line at plus 142 if you desire. I'll t- you know what? I'm taking the Celts, and I still like the, the Dubs in game one. But how say you about this first one on Thursday night and the series in general? Well, first of all, you know, I've been picking the Celtics, so I don't want this. I don't want people to think this is an emotional hedge, although I'm very obviously invested in the series. I have been picking the Celtics um, because I genuinely felt like they were going to win until now. When you look at all the shots, look at all the guys the Heat sent out there uh, to, to try to get over the hump, you know, and obviously the injuries forced it. But like. You know, can Duncan Robinson defend enough to be out there? Uh, you know, Martin got a few minutes. Um, Vincent, Hero was playing hurt. But, like, o- Oladipo comes in, reconstructed knee. But all of those guys that took all of those shots, who shot such a low percentage for the Heat in that series, and they still almost won, all of those shots are now going to be taken by Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, and Andrew Wiggins. So, you know, you just lay those four guys. If you look at the Miami Heat shot chart and you just replace the human beings with the guys who are going to take the the shots going forward, I I just don't see, even though they they play great defense, I just don't see how enough of those shots don't go in, which is what you need, which is why they beat the Heat, because Jimmy's shot didn't go in, to to win a seven-game series. Um I think the the bet I like for the series is Warriors in six, which you go, well, you know, you're always looking at like, well, don't you want, wouldn't you bet the team to close it out on their home court? But the Celtics have been so bad at home and they're so good on the road that I think you throw that out. Warriors in six is plus 400, which I think is a nice return. I do think the Celtics will play them tough. I think they'll win two games. However, Game one will not be one of the two games that that the Celtics win in the series. You know, um, Robert Williams dragging that leg up and down the court. I don't know how he's, you know, if he's been in the hyperbaric chamber for three days. Um, But 
I, I think the team that barely made it over the finish line and is is lucky to be alive is is unlikely to come out and punch Golden State in the mouth in a game that you're allowed to lose. Like the visitors allowed to lose that one. Uh, and so I, I think I think the Warriors to cover game one, Warriors in six, you know, uh, uh, great season for the Celtics, obviously, given where they were in January. <laughs> you know, but uh, sure. Right. right. Now, the other thing, though, to, that when you're when you're looking at ways the Celtics can win. Steph Curry gets hurt all the time. He, he, he is, you know, once your ankles start to go. It takes less and less to go. And so, you know, barring a Steph Curry injury or Draymond punching somebody, I don't think the Celtics can win four out of seven against that team. But there's no guarantee that they'll have that team. And in fact, obviously, the Celtics have already been the beneficiaries of no Chris Middleton, you know, no no Tyler Hero. Maybe it's the the luck of luck of the leprechaun. Well, Golden State's gotten more breaks in that regard in, in who they've had to play or not had to That's play. True. Um in the um what in Golden State's favor, like you say, the Celts at this point are the more banged up team. One and two, I always go back to, you know, it, it's not the same, the same rules don't apply necessarily for all sports. I think these people are like. Well, the Rangers are going to lose to the Lightning because of experience. I, I say it all the time. I don't give too big a crap about experience. Give me good, fresh, uh, young, high-skill legs versus uh, vet savvy in, in Stanley Cup playoffs. In the NBA, it clearly does matter. And so if this this really, really – I mean, I don't want to get crazy because, I, you know, but it does feel like people who are really locked in on, NBA, uh, on the NBA are saying – this Celtics team defensively is generationally great. You know, really, they they can they can um, make uh, like like you said earlier. They can really take away what you want to do. Um, so, so it comes down to Poole and Wiggins. You're going to count on them to make the big shots. I, you know, color me skeptical of their ability to do it. And the other thing is, uh, so 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 that's one thing. But now back the other way. The thing that your Celtics in the 80s never get sort of the asterisk in their favor for, and we've talked about it, is the Lakers, the Showtime Lakers, had to beat the Denver Nuggets and these crumb bum, like, you know, big offense, but not great NBA teams. And the Celts were scrapping it, scrapping out with Bob Lanier and Sidney Moncrief in Milwaukee and Moses Malone and Dr. J in Philly and the Pistons were rising up, and so on and so forth. And so they had a much more rugged path to get there. I do think that the Celts are probably pretty fatigued at this point. Um, but like I say, I think that, you know, you you don't give uh, Steph and Clay clean looks. I, you know, I, I, I do not um, think that because they've been good to this point, that the relative youngsters, Wiggins and Poole, are definitely going to rise up in four out of seven games and, and give the series. I'm taking the Celts in this one. I love it. Spaghetti, how say you? Yeah, I've been going back and forth on this one just because I think, I mean, I mean clearly the Warriors are a shooting team. If there's a night they get cold, uh, and I think the, the Celtics are the team that could win in the interior, and they have had the way tougher path in this playoffs. They've shown me, uh, I, I sh as a Knicks fan, I shouldn't be, 
you know, rooting for the Celtics, but they, they have shown a lot of, uh, of courage. And I, I do like the makeup of this roster. And for some reason too, like ESPN is like in love with the Celtics, like analytically, like they, one of their like meters, it's like 86% chance that they have the Celtics to win. And I was like looking into that and I, I don't know, it's tough. Like with the, with the home court advantage traveling cross country and they have the different uh, pace of play and stuff. But then again, the Warriors are a team coached by Steve Kerr. They've been there, done that. They've gone toe to toe with teams with LeBron and stuff. So I, I, it's tough for me to see the Warriors not being able to shoot well in at least four games during the series. Uh, I do think the Celtics do keep it close. Uh, I think the Warriors definitely win game one. I do like the bet uh, after three games, the Warriors to be up 2-1 after three is plus 130. I do think the Celtics mm. will get one. Uh, I could see the series going six, if not seven. Um, and I think the Celtics' best chance to win, kind of what Hendricks was saying, too, if some players are banged up, although they have had a lot of rest, the Warriors. Um, but if the shooters go cold, someone gets banged up, I think it is feasible for the Celtics to win. But I, I would probably say Warriors in like six or seven games. Celts plus 135 uh, if you're just picking them to win the series. Uh, Dubs minus 160 to win the series. Hench, who's your MVP bet? I'll go, by the way, Tatum at plus 175 there. How say you? Um, well, I know Curry's return is only like plus 110, right? What do you got? You got them all in front of you? 115, yeah. 115. What's uh, Draymond? Uh, plus 2200. All right. I'll take Draymond. And I, you know, I feel like the scorers could do just enough to offset each other. Like, you know, if Steph wins one game single-handedly and Clay wins one game single-handedly, say Jordan Poole has a big game. Draymond, you know, they talk a lot about the Celtics switchability that all five guys on the Celtics can basically switch on to all five guys on your team, which will be very true in this series because the the Warriors don't have a, a, a low post big man who can score. But Draymond is the flip side of that, which is that Draymond can guard all five of your guys, which means, you know, where whereas like the Heat had to blitz Tatum to get the ball out of his hands, Draymond can guard Tatum straight up. Like Draymond can guard anybody. Like so, I, I, you know, obviously, Dr- Draymond's very easy to root against. But you know what he does, uh, it, you know, wins games. And I feel like if there's not, if none of the scorers separate themselves from each other, he'll be the logical. Like the year Iguodala won it, mm-hmm. he's going to be. He would be the logical difference maker. And at plus twenty two hundred, that feels like a, a good return. Right. If he slows Tatum down to your point, if he if he does check him throughout the series and Tatum has a couple of off nights and you can point and say it was Draymond who did that, then that that does stand to reason Um, that checks out. Um, I think that the two big losers before the series starts is spaghetti mentions Knickerbockers. Um, I think Lakers are, are the big loser. So the champ is either the Celtics or Golden State. You know, that's the alien versus predator effect. Whoever wins, Lakers fans lose. And the other one is KD. As we've pointed out, he ditched <laughs> Golden State to, to go and basically try to reform Golden State on the other coast. And then they did it without him with Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole. He's got to be uh, down in the dumps about that. Let's uh, let's quickly do um, some uh, some NHL picks here. For the series, we missed the boat there, and at the time of this recording, um, Spaghetti's team's uh, about to square off in game one. Maybe I'll look like a dummy after the fact. I feel like this is a huge one. 
for the Rangers. Because if they get this one, this is the one where the, the the lightning arrested and everything else. The Rangers get this one. Then it has to really spook um, Tampa fans there. But the other series, which we can predict now for um, Thursday night, game two after the crazy shootout, um, Avs, if you like that, minus one and a half. You get that at uh, plus 126. The total now up to seven and a half. It's still not going to be enough. They doubled it. It was six and a half, and they literally got that. They went over double it. They got they scored 14 goals. So over seven and a half feels like a breeze. I think you can bet that uh, confidently at plus 110. I'm just swooning over all the skill on the ice. Rare is it that you see teams with this many stars in any sport going up in a huge spot like this. And like I like I like to say, I love Nathan McKinnon, but Kale McCarr is, I guess I have to say, I mean, I didn't see Bobby Orr play except in highlights. Kale McCarr is the best skating defenseman I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy to watch him, um, but a very satisfying watch. I'll take the avalanche in this spot, I guess on the money line and combine it with uh, – with the uh, over seven and a half is my play for game two. Hench, how say you? Well, the Avs have gone over six and a half themselves three times in these playoffs. <laughs> and so I, I think I think that's a very good bet. Um, as you know, I, I bet the Avalanche to win the, the, the silver uh, before the playoffs started. So I'm not moving off of that. Uh, I do think <laughs> – that, that giving up six goals doesn't doesn't uh, fill me with confidence against Shesterkin or Vasilevsky in the finals, but I still think they they are uh, the the best team. Oh Jesus Christ! By the way, how about Wayne Gretzky shooting his mouth off? And I I, I mean the Charles Barkley again. I will say is great, but it has nothing to do with the fact that he's in the Hall of Fame, and Wayne Gretzky proved that once again, watching game one in the intermissions. He's just terrible. He sits there like, first of all, he, he's just, uh, he, he's a mush mouth to begin with. He has nothing to say, but then when he does try to inject himself into that, he, he's, he's zero fun. They were making fun of his boots, and he was joyless about that, his ridiculous suede uh, booties. He, My wife got me these. Um and then he said, well, "You got to play some defense at some point. You got to, you got to play defense." Wayno, do you remember? Do you have amnesia? Did you, do you not recall how the Edmonton Oilers won their Stanley Cups? Got to play some defense. Maybe you should have get in a time machine and go tell the Edmonton Oilers that because you really hung Grant Fuhr out uh, to dry quite a bit when you were winning those Stanley Cups with him. Yeah. Anyway, I'm when sorry. Paul, he sucks. When, uh, is my when, point. When Paul Coffey was behind the other team's goal. <laughs> And Grant Fuhrer was kind of like defense. You know, what's what's so funny about that example is like if if Gretzky wasn't such a zero, it's funny. He wore 99 as a player and he wears zero as a commentator because he adds nothing. Um, But he could have actually said something interesting there. Right. He could have said. You know, all everyone, Chelios and Messier, everyone's going to talk about defense and you got it. Defense wins championships and goaltending wins championships. But I'm here to tell you, all you got to do is outscore the other team. It doesn't matter if it's one zip or eight, six. You got to have more goals. He could have said something interesting, but he's never had an interesting thought go through his mind, except that I think 25 feet behind me, Yari Curry's wide open and I'm going to put the puck on his stick. Uh, which he he, he go, go to play defense at some point. I mean, the the you know 
from the time I start watching, so I remember the Islanders a little bit, but the Edmonton Oilers are high flying. Then they give way to the Pittsburgh Penguins with Lemieux. And then the Devils go the exact opposite and almost kill the sport. And now it's being refreshed and watched on a level it hasn't been in many moons. And that's your take, Wayno. That's your, that's your big take. Just this this that's dull, a- zero comment that that somebody who watching their first hockey game of their life would say exactly this. Oh, I do play some defense somewhere in there. What a drip. Uh- yeah, Kevin Lowe. Congratulations on your on your uh, your new son-in-law, Dustin Johnson. He's another treat. Running off to to South to, to play in the Saudi Arabian uh, to play for the. I hope he gets suspended for life and you never get um, to play in the Masters again. Gross. Kevin Lowe is Kevin Lowe is still waiting for Wayne Gretzky to back check once. He's back there. He's back there with Fjord. They're never going to come back, are they? Hey, never Wayne, I mean, back. what about all this offense? Yeah, yeah, look, hey, I feel like it's a tip of the hat to the way 99 and company did it way back when, right, boys, huh? Take that, uh, take that, Chris Chelios. You're lucky you didn't face me in my prime, right, Bob? No, uh, i got to play some defense. Uh, well, that's why you know, Hey, tell Wayne that after he left the Oilers when he was a minus 70 for the rest of his career. Yeah, Played yeah, his defense. second half of his career, he's minus Bob. 46. What a drip. Um, so, uh, in the other, so we, so we've got the, uh, we got the pinball conference, and then the, and then the it is real crazy hockey. stylistically that you have the two best goalies on the one side, and then you have these two teams that, that uh, score almost but, you know, well. As, as I text, as I texted you guys before Game Seven of the Rangers Canes, I bet on the Rangers. Um, I, I've been, I've been saying, <laughs> uh, uh, I've been losing money all along, but I've been saying. Eventually, playing into the summer every year has got to wear down this core of this Lightning team. They've just played way more high leverage hockey than anybody else over the last three years. And, you know, so two great goalies. Shesterkin, obviously, if he was going to if he was going to go down it, the Penguins, they had him. They broke his brain. They had a chance. Obviously, he is fully back. And as, as I'm sure Spaghetti has noticed, They've cleaned up all that, all that, all those defensive mistakes they were making in the first round. They were just like they were they were just playing terribly uh, uh, on the back line, and uh, they looked really tight and organized uh, in dispatching the Canes. And so, I think between the enough already of the Cup residing in Florida, enough already. Uh, I, I parted partly with my heart, partly with my head. I, I'm betting on the Rangers to take down the champs. We'll let Spaghetti, because his opinion, uh, like we say, emotionally here, he's invested in this one. Um, and, of course, yeah, I'm still sick in my balls. Because here's what I said on Extra Points. And, I, you know, I have to pull back the curtain. I, I jived the audience. And I have to say, I also jived myself. When I said, because this is what you do. You try to make yourself feel better so you don't feel the gravity of the moment. Game six, game seven against the Rangers. You know, Spaghetti was saying it about his team, too. Like, ah, I don't want to the, – the the Canes are so rugged and, they, you know, they, it, what's the difference? So if we beat the Rangers, we're not, we're not going to beat the Canes anyway. Deep down, I really did think that the Penguins could beat the, could beat the Canes because they don't – they really don't have the, – the, the difficulty for the Rangers now is now they're back to – people keep pointing to Vasilevsky, rightly, that this is, the, this is a premier goalie that they're going to have to beat. But also – it's an upgrade in skill that they're going to see that they haven't seen since round one. The Canes ultimately lack a little bit of that high-powered 
Um, offense, what I will say that I think gives the Rangers a real good chance in this one, and this is a little deep in the weeds. No Braden Point on one side, who's a who's a big time performer, and Barclay Goudreau is a big add. Although I looked up his numbers, I'm surprised because in my mind he was a great draw man, and it's a weird thing that the Blue Shirts have survived to this point with the deficit. I mean, they just give up, you know, like the, the, they're creating an, uh, for a lot of winning teams in the playoffs. You you win or at least go 50-50 in terms of faceoffs, and the Rangers were just handing that away and that's especially important when you watch like Zabanajad uncor- or, or or the bread man uncork straight off the draw when they get those that's a scary moment for the other team and it's diminished because they don't win the draw that much now Goudreau in the in the circle taking those draws he's gonna win at least a few more than they have been winning since you know now he's just now back um I think that's a, a a slight little thing to get excited about if you're the Rangers spaghetti though house. I'm going to take I'm going to take the Lightning. I don't know. I don't know what that could because, because I would have taken it if both teams went 7. But the the Lightning have to be nice and fresh right now. And the Lightning are just coming off of a rugged affair with uh, with Carolina. Spaghetti house. Well, historically, that hasn't mattered. Uh, teams coming off of rest versus teams that are seven. Actually, the last 10 years, the team that actually has gone seven games has won. Uh, they haven't lost hmm. a series. So that does not matter. I think all time, it's like 40 wins versus 39 series wins. It does not matter, wow. at least. So that don't, for those betting on the series, do not listen to that thing as it, as it matters. It does not. No amount of rest is going to bring back Braden Point. In fact, like Cooper just stopped talking about him completely because he's not coming back. That's a huge loss for them. Is That's he like, definitely not because he's, he's skating he's now? He's, no, he's not coming oh, back yeah. anytime soon. Yeah. They're going to get back like Hagel and, um, and someone else, but uh, who I'm forgetting. But I know that they said Braden Point. They said originally, at the end of the first series uh, versus the, the the Leafs, they said he c- could be potentially day-to-day, and then they just stopped giving updates, which means he's not going to come back, according to what they've said at the hockey rights at the Athletic and stuff. And that's like the equivalent of the Rangers losing a Kreider, a uh, Zibanejad, a Panera, and somebody of that level. Um, I don't think that – I mean, yes, they're, they're, they're always good. Middle lines, bottom lines, Tampa, that's why they won the last two. Uh, Gre- uh, Corey Perry in the third line has been such a great ad for them. I don't think – you know, the, the Carolina is a deep team. I think you could argue they, they are better defensively, um, but the Rangers are also great defensively. They're second in goals allowed. Uh, obviously, people like saying, oh, the Rangers are going to finally face a good goaltender. You know, but the goaltending hasn't been great uh, along anywhere in the playoffs. Look at the Western Conference um, and even look who the Lightning have versed. Like, they have not been great either. So I think Igor has been in back to his original mindset. I, I do trust him. I do like the fact that the uh, lightning take a lot of penalties and the Rangers power play was very good. Uh, also their PK was great versus the hurricane. So that's another positive for the Rangers. So it sounds like, but I am feeling pretty good about the Rangers. They did sweep the lightning three, nothing in the regular season series. Um, but it's a playoff hockey is a different animal. Obviously you have high end talent like Kucherov and Stamkos, but those guys really don't play defensive hockey. Uh, that's why I was afraid of the Hurricanes because they're basically what the Penguins do, but better at it all, all season long. They just clamp you down. They'll let you uh, create a lot of shots. I think it'll be a more open series. And uh, the Rangers finally are not relying on Igor to win games. They're scoring a bunch of goals, four or five goals in a game, which is what they need to do. And um, it's, it, yeah, you said a check. Like, good row coming back is huge for them and uh, really don't have any other major injuries. I think Lindgren has a high ankle sprain, so they're pretty healthy. Um, and the young guys are playing great. Philip Heedle, the kid line has been awesome. So I feel good. Um, you know, obviously the Western teams scare me because they could score a lot, but got to get through this series first. I think it's going to be a fun one. I, I probably would go Rangers 
in six or seven in this in the series if I had a bet. Oh, spaghetti well, here just, to, just to tie the whole thing off because we've had a we've had a theme here. Um, people who get paid a lot of money to talk about sports who prove they don't know anything about the sport that they get paid a lot of money to talk about. Jeff Van Gundy did it with, with Jimmy Butler. Skip Bayless does it pretty much every time he opens his mouth. Wayne Gretzky talking about they need for defense. <laughs> for, uh, and, and the best news of all for Spaghetti is uh, Barry Melrose picking the lightning. Barry Melrose – I they play never, with passion. They play with passion. I, I've never heard him string 30 seconds together. That sacrifice. Has, has Look at him sacrifice. Anything about the game, but he's he's wrong all the time. He's the he picked, worst. I don't get it. He picked him. the Hurricanes in game seven, of course. He's picking the Lightning. His reasoning is uh, until someone beats the champs, they're the champs. Yeah, but they're not going to win the next 50 so that means you're going to pick them. I don't understand what. Like, do you think they're going to win the series? Hey, until someone beats the champs, they're the champs. Great point, Barry. Thanks for your insight on puck. Always a delight. But with the jacket and the hair, it's so it's so interesting. Um, Barry Melrose picked the Islanders to win the Stanley Cup this year. This is this is this guy. He looks at all the superstars, all the players in the league, and he goes. Uh, I mean, I, he probably spent 15 seconds looking at the at the newspaper. I'm picking the Islanders to win it anyway. As soon as he picked the Lightning, I was like, that is awesome news for Spaghetti because that guy is an idiot. I kind of agree, and I thought you were gonna. I thought it was there was a shot coming at me for making the uh, team coming off seven games versus the team that swept, and they're going to be rest. I do think the the, the history. And all of that is valid. Obviously, I can't push back on that. I do think maybe it's self-validating. And 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 Hench and I keep making the point for the last three months. The Lightning have been through the ringer, and it is a a, a tougher path than what it used to be um, for these teams. So I, I, you know, they are older. So you would think that has to benefit them on some level, right? That they're Fresher than they otherwise would have been. I don't know. But, yeah, but I mean, and, the numbers are the and, numbers. You know, so that weird – and, again, I mean, I don't know. Maybe there's – undoubtedly there's a stat that would say this is wrong. But, you know, there is that weird mystical thing that the Rangers seem to have. You know, first team in history, I think, to face multi-goal deficits in consecutive elimination games and survive. They were down in all three <coughs> to the Penguins. I don't know if you remember, Sheck. Check it on I heard about it, you creep. Okay, you heard about it, yeah. Well, oh, then, wait, wait, wait. I, wait, let me get one of the Stanley Cups out of my ear so I make sure I okay. hear you uh, nice and clear. They let you keep that in your ear. Wow. Uh, and then, and then of course, you know, they're, they're facing, you know, game seven against the team that never loses at home, and they win. So it does feel like the, uh, the Rangers must be developing some of that. Maybe we're unkillable. Maybe. I think, I think it doesn't matter what – it's always my, the push and pull of that. You know, um, you know, Nick Costos, or uh, a uh, you know, a fan favorite and one of our pals here on on minus three, uh, you know, texts and tweets it in my direction, and and he said like, well, there's no debate. The Rangers are the better. That's a more compelling thing at this point to to move on. And I'm like, ah, is it like you need the campaign for that? I don't know. Um, and he said it's inarguable. Now it kind of is, and because of the narrative, and it doesn't make a difference. Like. The goalie thing, the Spaghetti's point, like, ah, who have they beaten? The third string goalies and all of that doesn't matter all, uh, except how the Rangers feel about themselves now. If they feel like we're unkillable 
Like we're we're the team of destiny now. That's all that matters. If they buy it, then right. I don't think. And 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 my recurring point for forever in watching hockey is like I don't give a crap that that well, savvy vets can't beat the Red Wings. Oh, they've been there before. Like yeah, I mean. Uh, can can our players skate around theirs? Then let, then give me that. Let's, let's just get the Stanley Cup somewhere where it snows and you can say gay. That's all I want. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I feel like we could go in, but everybody's uh, digging in on this Jock V uh, fam thing. I don't get the art. We'll, we'll leave it at this. Um, oh, by the way, I didn't give my uh, form. So I, I guess I said I'll, I'll take the lightning in the series. But at this point, it'll already have been played. So if the Rangers win, I'll still take the, the lightning, I guess. And then you'll get juicier odds on betting Tampa. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a feel for that one. Um, I just am in heaven with the with the other side of the bracket. Um, but the fan V jock thing, I don't understand the debate here. Like it's it's hysterical. That's for sure. But. The people that are standing up in support of fam, like what what kind of life are you living? That Jock is clearly the hero of this tale. Do you have anything to to add here, uh, Kevin? Well, Hitch? I really, unlike uh, Clarence Thomas, who couldn't recuse himself even when his wife tried to overthrow the government, I I kind of have to recuse myself from this because Jock Peterson gave both my kids full size Kit Kats on Halloween. Full size, really? Kit-Kat. Yeah, yeah. He was a neighbor when he was a Dodger, a uh, lovely guy dressed as the Tin Man, and his lady was Surprised Dorothy. Surprised there was any candy uh, left over for anybody else. You see Jock's head, Jesus. He's got the Damashek, Roethlisberger, Ted Kennedy, John if Travolta gains, syndrome. If, if he gains 100 Big pounds, he'll weigh, he'll weigh as much as Kyle Lowry. Um, so <laughs> so I, I, I've always had a soft spot for Jock Peterson. Uh, he's got a lot when of they, soft when spots. When they won it, when they won it, he's out there with his kid. He seems like a great guy. And then, of course, the other guy, you know, he, he lays hands on him. Like, what? I, I don't like it's insane. Slapping people like, I'm a hey, I'm team fam. Obviously, we have our uh, we have our own controversy in our league. And tall John was quick to call me the the Tommy fam of our league. I've never hit anybody. I I, I couldn't reach tall John's face if I tried. Um, I'm I, you know, I've made my peace with the Todd Gurley trade. Mostly because he got hurt and they lost. We got to dig up. You know what? We owe it to the audience. Somebody must have that text chain. If if Jock and Fam are reading theirs to uh, to the media pool, we should do the same thing for for the people who listen to our shows here, Sal and uh, Ham and Simmons and everybody else. We really should dig through that. Um, and I wanted to let you know, Hench, that's why I said on Extra Points, and I want you to know, that's why I lost the trophy. Because I thought you or Tall John might impale the other with it. And I was trying to be a man of peace. That's why I lost it. You see now? Very smart. When we dig up that 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 uh, email thread, maybe we can dig up the trophy too. Be, be delightful. Right. Go ahead. Clearly, uh, but people are poking their heads in the door. I got Some work guy. to do. Let's, go, go ahead. What do you want me to time saying go? All right. All right. There he goes. The great Kevin Hench, everybody. Uh, Best wishes to his Celtics. Enjoy it. Dubs fans as well. Uh, Make sure you're betting along with us on that, as well as the Stanley Cup semifinals. Best wishes to Spaghetti and and the whole pasta clan there. Hey, lay it on us. We didn't do it while Hench was on the air. Hawaii, 
lot of a lot of betters in your life, Spaghetti, were gambling that uh, your your uh, uh, your your significant other Jada was going to come home with a ring on his finger with with a ring on her finger. Um, do you want to lay it on us now, or do you want to save that for another day? No, that was never that was never an option. That was not happening. It was not. Well, no jewelry has been purchased yet, but it's you know in the works, and uh, that's not something that she would have wanted. So I I was made clear of that. I mean, I knew that going in, but um, no, this is like a family time hangout vacation thing. When it was she planned for a year, when she was worried though about um, when she was worried about me shaving into your head, I thought, well, it must be that she doesn't want pictures for the rest of your lives with that in the day you proposed. And then I was thinking, if the Rangers lost, would you be like, I'm, I just am emotionally, I, I'm not in a space to to try to be happy here. I was considering those questions um, here in uh, the Pacific time zone. But um, anyhow, all right. So bet along with us um, or fade us however you desire. Just make sure you do it at fanduel.com slash minus three. One more time, the word minus the number three. And we'll be back on the other side of the sports weekend. You know, Spaghetti, I was thinking we got to tra- track down our pal Coley from Barstool. He's a, a Celts fan and a, a man who loves the game of life. I think uh, this is the optimal time to try and catch him. So maybe we can do that early next week. Uh, either way, until then, make sure you're checking out all the great shows on the Extra Points Network. And until next week, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. <laughs>